Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Near and Queer to My Heart podcast. I'm your host, Amanda G. Always excited to be here, even in the times we're in now. We don't know what's going on in the world. We're all just trying to do our best. So I hope that everyone is staying home and staying safe and has everything that they need. And we're here for you. We think and we believe that queer stories, queer lives are so important. And we're just going to keep on working on episodes. We have some that we've recorded already that we're editing and we're getting ready to release. Make sure folks have something to listen to and we can continue to keep these narratives and these histories going. We'll be doing some more interviews uh, as soon as I, your lovely host, figures out technology. Um, We'll be able to do some remotely so that we can keep in touch without touching and we can keep things going and yeah we're here for y'all let us know you know what you need if you want to connect reach out to us we got a twitter queer to my heart we got facebook instagram near and queer to my heart we try to post uplifting things we try to share things with y'all and we love to hear from y'all but right now we have an amazing comedian for y'all it was so fun to talk to him he lives in the pensacola florida area uh, which is about three hours from new orleans so he comes to new orleans fairly regularly and it's so good to see him he's just he has he's just one of those people that's always happy and you know he always sees the bright side of things and i just love that so much about him he's really a light in any room and it's wonderful to talk to him and i'm so excited to share this interview so let's get to it let's get to andrew ferrara andrew Well, Andrew, it is so good to talk to you. I've now known you for a couple of months. You came to New Orleans, did the local uproar show at Always Lounge. That night, just popped in to watch the show. And the guys were like, yeah, if you want to do five minutes. And I was like, well, I'm here and I get a free drink if I do a set. So, so definitely. Absolutely doing a set. <laughs> um, but you were the you like, I think you were the first one up. And I just, I love your energy on stage. Do so you do stand up? Just did our Greetings from Queer Mountain storytelling show. Do you do acting or any other type of performance? Or I did musical theater for a while in high school and then I've majored in film and have just done a lot of short films that I wrote and directed and acted in because that's what you have to do when you're in film school they don't give you anything else so it's bare bones but I've always just performed for a really long time and once I found stand-up I was just like this is where I need to be I love it so much. How did you find stand-up like what was that path? Well the first time I did stand-up was actually probably 12 or 13 years ago and it was at a UWF the University of West Florida open mic night that I thought was comedy (laughs) 
but it was not at all. It was only music, but I was first. So I didn't know. I was just like, dang, people just really don't like me at all. (laughs) But really, they were just very confused. Other than one table. One table was super into it. I was like, all right, I got a crowd. I got found my people. Uh, Yeah, turned out that it was all music. Yeah, I'm I'm laughing with you because that has happened to me. And I was like, why does everyone have guitars? This is strange. And I still signed up and then was shocked. (laughs) I I think I went second. So someone did music. So I was like, oh, maybe it's a mix. And I went up and it was like, what the fuck is this girl doing? Like, where's her? Is her instrument her voice? And I was like, kind of, but like, you're, that's not what you're looking for right now. No. <laughs> and nobody's, you know, they didn't laugh. They didn't say anything either. I was just like, oh, let's break, break it up. Well, I'll listen to your song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I would have probably assumed it was just all musical comedy, too. It's like, wow, a lot of people are trying to get on that train now. huh? <laughs> but I actually now I've been doing actual just stand up regularly because, of course, I s- never did it again, basically, after that. But five years ago, my friend Olivia Searcy. She was hosting the long-running open mic in Pensacola, Florida, and she just told me I needed to come and do it and just try it. And I was like, uh, I've done it before. I don't know. And uh, I went up and, you know, got very drunk and did not have a set. I think I did like chinchilla calls. I was trying to imitate how they must catch chinchillas for those beautiful chinchilla coats and such. Apparently, I thought that was good enough to keep going every week. So <laughs> I was like, let's do it. Oh, and I just maybe it's relatable. <laughs> someone had their coat they're looking at it it's like oh (laughs) i never thought about it so you i know you live in pensacola florida now are you from there originally brooklyn new york brooklyn okay where's the accent uh, it disappeared in Florida, <laughs> like from- most people from New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad's from Canarsie, I'm oh, okay. from upstate, but my dad still has the accent and they still make fun of me. I'm like, you raised me in California. I have a California accent. <laughs> that's why I'm always like, oh, man, people from Brooklyn just can't lose their accents. And it's like, no, some people do. We did. We did. Everyone but my dad. Yeah, I've got a bunch of brothers and a sister and none of us have our accent anymore. It just disappeared. How long did you live in Brooklyn? About 10 years. Yeah. Okay. So just grew up there and then grew up more in good old Gulf Breeze, Florida. <laughs> mm. What brought you? Were your parents retired and had to go to Florida or is there another way I'm, people get to Florida? I'm I don't... pretty sure it's witness protection program. Honestly, <laughs> I have no clue. I know that my mother did babysit for the mafia because my grandmother, who's 92, told me the other day. Yes. Yeah, that's probably it. I think we're just hiding out for the last few years. My last name might not be Ferrara. I don't know. <laughs> I was young when we moved. They could have told me it was anything, and I would have been like, okay, that's my name. How she, did she answer like a newspaper ad that's like babysitter wanted? Know how to use guns. Like, <laughs> no, well, I guess they just lived very close by the mafia. And in the 60s, that was just nor- it was just, If you didn't babysat for the mafia, then there was going to be a problem with the mafia. <laughs> so you might as well just do it. But I just never, I don't know like if it was actually the kids of the mafia or if it was like their hostages or victims that or she was watching. She was just babysitting <laughs> the cocaine. You know, just, Someone's got to watch it. You got to trust, you know. You can't trust anybody to watch the cocaine. Yeah, they, they just told her it was called Baby. <laughs> Could you watch our baby? They're like, yeah. Baby's asleep. You just watch TV and make sure nobody comes in. And please don't even look in the crib. She's fine. Yeah. You won't hear her at all. Don't worry about it. Or if you do hear a kicking from the basement, that's something different. That's not your job. Uh.
Oh, man. Where is is Gulf Breeze? Gulf Breeze, yeah. Where in Florida is that? It is three miles away from Pensacola. Oh, so okay. the Panhandle, Northwest Florida. It is the UFO capital of the world. Oh. Yes. I, wait, how? <laughs> Basically, we have a lot of idiots and we're by <laughs> a Navy base. Okay. <laughs> Basically, people see planes in the sky and are like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> You've never seen one. No, like the desert in Arizona, the desert in New Mexico. Never heard the Florida one. <laughs> yep. it's it, We have the most UFO, UFO sightings in all of the nation. I really do just chalk it up to people not understanding that planes don't all look the same. So that's... I remember and a bunch of blurry sure. pictures. Like, yep. Are these confirmed sightings or just like a blurry Polaroid with like a dot in the sky or maybe a dot that they put on the photo? Likely. I, <laughs> people have probably just started just putting dots on the photos and saying it and hoping. We know that there's a house there that's shaped like a UFO and it's like rented out all the time and I think maybe people just think that is a real UFO. UFO, and that's why they're the capital. I don't know. That's but. why you got the most sightings. Exactly. <laughs> like, all right, we just drive by it every once in a while and like report it. Yeah, I was like, that sounds like Florida. <laughs> it's still here. <laughs> I'm not. My mom lives in Florida now, so I feel like I'm allowed to tease a little bit. But I, what I love about Florida is because growing up, like when you look at a map of the United States, you don't realize how big Florida is. Yeah. Like you just think, oh, Texas is big. Like Montana looks big, but you know, like nobody's actually there. Alaska is actually way bigger than it looks on. On the map Huge. like the way they fucking draw it and then you go to florida it's like okay i've been to miami my mom lives near boca because we're jewish and she's retired and that's what you do yep. um i've been to pensacola destin like that side i've been to the middle gainesville like jacksonville they're all so different you know or i've been to orlando the touristy you know you gotta go to epcot or whatever oh it makes no sense the county that i live in is the most conservative county of all of florida like we vote 92 percent republican oh really yeah and I don't know how I have survived. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's pretty wild. Yet we still do have like a really good thriving little gay community. And, you know, the Memorial Day weekend, we have one of the biggest LGBTQ parties in the world. Yes, I hear all week long beforehand how no one's going to go to the beach now. I work at a hotel and we have people who call saying, oh, we didn't know that was happening. We're going to cancel. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't been. I've planned to go for a while. I was so excited because I will be joining you and we'll talk about you're doing a comedy fest during Pensacola Pride. But since I moved to New Orleans, which is over a decade, I've heard so much about because it's three hours away from us mm -hmm. and it's Memorial Day weekend, which is also my birthday. Just put that, my birthday is the Monday this year, which is really great because that's like I don't have to work or think about work and I get a three day weekend. But I've heard about it for for years and years and years. I've planned on going a few times. It just didn't work out with like one time my uh, girlfriend and I we're going to go with a couple that ended up breaking up. So it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like that kind of shit where like it just wasn't lining up. But I've heard like it's just the beach is just gay, 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 gay. It's like rainbow all over. Oh, yeah. It's just like everybody just having a good time and just celebrating queerness. Yeah. So for you to tell me that, because I just assume I was going to ask you, but I assumed this area was fairly liberal to have this, to not protest. I never heard of any protests. I've never heard of any gay bashing. I don't know if they exist. Oh, they yeah. Might. Emerald City, which was owned by uh, the same people who own Oz, I think, in New Orleans. Emerald City was the big hub 
for Memorial Day weekend back a few years ago. They closed down, but it was always Westboro Baptist Church totally surrounded the entire bar as you were trying to get in and handing you pamphlets on how like not to go to hell, which is apparently just don't suck dick anymore, gay guys. <laughs> and I think there was like a Christian band playing outside oh. once to like combat it. Like, like what? Like that's that not going to do anything. Yeah, but now that Emerald City closed down, it's almost like the Westboro Baptist Church thought they won, so they've left. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I was like, that's not why, but okay. I'm glad they don't know how to use the internet. Yeah. <laughs> like my whole feed, like Memorial Day weekend, is just pictures like tents on the beach and just rainbow flags and just dancing and drinks and everybody's and oh, other yeah. shit. Um, how long has that pride been going? That's been going on, well, it actually first started in the 60s, but after some hurricanes and things like, they had to redevelop the area a lot over since the time. So it didn't start back up again until the late 80s but since then it's been every single year going strong it's just one of the most fun times i've Did ever you had go when you were a kid no i went i the first time i went was when i was 18 and i go all i go almost every year but I've quit drinking, so I didn't go last year. I kind of I did the first Pride event that we had for comedy um, instead of doing that. I've gone so often. I've never seen more naked people in my life, honestly. <laughs> it's quite beautiful. A lot of pasties. A lot of pasties I've seen. Did you, so you finish high school, Gulf Breeze? Yes, Gulf Breeze High School, which was an experience for sure. I was the, I was one of two out gay guys in the entire school and there were like 500 people in my graduating class so it was you know good two out of 2000 wow. <laughs> yeah so i had a rough time <laughs> but honestly it was odd because i guess i was i outed myself accidentally on myspace because oh, i thought good old myspace because uh-huh. it was like <laughs> they had the part where it's like put your sexuality and i was like oh yeah i want to look cool and let everyone on myspace know that I'm proud of being gay. And then everyone saw it and realized that my brother was going to get my space, see it, tell my mom. Oh, Actually, it was like the best way to come out because I didn't have to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just woke up one day and it was just done for and you. It's like, oh, wow. Thanks, brothers. That's yeah. great. I would just be like, oh, my God, you read my MySpace. <laughs> my brother never looked at my MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> well, how was that? I mean, re- I obviously, like you put it out there. Knowing it's a possibility that, you know, it's Mm going to get out there to folks that you know. You know, I had told a few of my friends already. And so at that point, you know, MySpace, it was so new. We didn't know that everyone was going to really hop on it necessarily. So, like, it was just me. To me, it was like, oh, it's a space for just me and my friends and the randoms I meet on the Internet that I'm not going to tell my family about. (laughs) And so I guess... I knew there was a possibility because, you know, obviously it's the internet. People are going to use it. But I just did not realize it was going to spread so quick. I did not think my family was ever going to see it. So it was it was different, but it worked out. Worked out for me. Honestly, it made high school a lot easier at that point because I didn't feel like I had something to hide anymore. Like I was just kind of out there and I was really nice to everybody and all the time anyway. So like no one had a problem with me. I feel so they were just like, okay, we can deal with this. And even though it's such a conservative area, they were just like, all right, but it's Andrew. And so I was just like, thank goodness. Like this could have gone way south. And I mean, definitely some things that occurred like 
I remember I was called a faggot in the hallway one day, and my friend who's right next to me, who is straight, turned to me and just started making out with me. And <laughs> I was just like, you're my new hero. Also, I love you now. But like, it's just, it was great. There was a lot of support still. I think, I think we just have a interesting, I don't know. Our generation was just like ready to just push all that aside. So I feel like there was just a lot of support people of the same age so yeah no i think that's great and you were because a lot you know i talked to a lot of people and myself i didn't come out till after college because mm-hmm. i always i always knew inside but i wasn't sure enough or self-confident enough to really put it out there yeah you know like a lot of those like myspace or facebook i would either leave it blank or put interested in men which i wasn't but that's the image i was projecting to the world so like for you to be so sure at such a young age and even when that outing happened to be like okay well that's good it's done yeah i've hear so many terrible stories about people's families reactions and everything like that and like my dad all he said was andrew i will love you no matter what but please just don't date sean like, that's all it was. sean was the other gay kid like okay dad well that's the option i have so i guess i won't date did you uh, and sean date no i did really want to though oh, okay he was cute yeah he did i asked him to prom and he said no <laughs> but then he still like we were still in the same friend group and we all went to prom together and we were the only people without dates and we sat next to each other and we shit well i did not want to share my food <laughs> He forgot money, and I wasn't gonna pay for his ass because he didn't. He didn't say yes. You offered, he said and he no. started eating my damn salad. I'm like, mm mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a man who loves a Caesar salad more than anything, any human. So don't touch it, especially if you're not gonna take me to prom and then still go to prom with me. And you're like, this is what my dad warned me about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my dad knew. He knew <laughs> the whole time. Guy. Knew the whole time. <laughs> So graduated high school, you went to college in Florida. Mm-hmm. Did you ever want to leave Florida? Do you want to leave Florida? Oh yeah, I do. Really bad, but I'm very comfortable. <laughs> it's just a, I don't know. I've built a good relationship with the community, and I don't know. Sometimes you make those ties, and you want to just stay because you're. I don't know. Being comfortable is very comfortable. Um, but the past few years, or the past year, really, I've been able to travel a lot more and for comedy because a I finally have a car and a driver's license, <laughs> and now I work for Hilton, so I can stay at hotels for cheap. But now that I've been doing that and going out there and putting my comedy out there for other audiences and different cities like i am addicted to not being in florida now <laughs> like, i'm just like i will be anywhere but pensacola if i can and i love the place but it's just like a whole new world has happened that's what happens you turn when you don't have a car or a license until you turn 30 years old then you realize oh this is why people leave and go places because other places are pretty cool too yeah absolutely <laughs> wait why did you wait till 30 i have had horrible anxiety about driving like really really bad anxiety i could not get over it and then like i was starting i started to drive again and i was feeling better and i was learning to drive and i was on my way home from orlando and i found out that my boyfriend had died like on the car ride back and i totally like I couldn't stop. I had to keep going. (laughs) Like, I had to get somewhere. So, like, that whole experience was so traumatizing for me that I stopped driving again completely. And it wasn't until I got Baker acted, went to the loony bin, got on pills, that I was able to drive. But 
it just took a long time to get over it and then a long time to get over it again. So it happens. But now I'm uh, medicated now. and happy <laughs> and, and driving. That's when people are like, are you sitting down? Are you driving a car? Like they should ask those questions. Yeah, just... seriously. They're, I answered the phone and my, uh, my brother, put, he just, my brother was good friends with him as well before I dated him. And my brother just said, did you hear about Brandon? And immediately I was just like, I knew. I just knew, like, there couldn't be anything else. Like, why would you call and immediately just say those words? It's not like he got arrested or anything. It was just, like, my heart just dropped. Like, I was literally, like, the very next day I was supposed to go out on a date with him again. And so it was just... It was a wild experience, and a lot. I did not know you could have that many tears because that was seven hours straight of just crying while yeah. driving. I can't believe that would just be like in a ditch on the side of the road. Just, I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a hard. I don't know what you do. I really, and you don't know till you're, till you're in it. Mm-hmm. Can I ask what happened? Is that? Yeah. Um. So it was basically he had a interact. He took a drug that had a bad interaction with the anxiety medication that he was taking for anxiety and it got him i mean it's pretty sad it was disappointing and like there's a lot to it too like he got the drugs from my roommate there's all this so like i felt totally responsible for everything that happened until like the past couple years where i was like okay wait nope now i'm on medication my mind can think straight about it and realize that i did not make him take pills did not make him buy the pills i didn't make him do these things for some reason for years something called complicated grief is what my therapist has said and it's just kind of this mental disorder of ruminating on every possible step that led to a tragic experience so like i would go all the way back to like oh i should never have even dated him or like why why did i even talk to him in the very first place which like i had been seeing him for years so it's like my whole entire thought process was like i should never have even been in contact with him and he would be still alive today you know it's it's just odd the way the brain works you go down the (laughs) rabbit hole with that and then it's like yeah but then a million you know a million different scenarios could have happened that he it could have ended up the same thing regardless of your but of course like i know anytime something happens i'm like i must have done something like immediately i'm like what did i do Mm -hmm. how could i have not done this what can i do to make it up and it's like sometimes it's out of my hands and it's not something that i had any control over it's been actually it was just 10 years ago just the other month that he died so it's been a while it's been a while it's still like every day I think about him, you know, I have dreams and I see him in the dream. It's like, it's just, but it's part of my life that happened and I'm, I'm good now. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm doing what I love and that's yeah. all I could hope to do for him. You know, like if he's gonna, not going to be here, I have to live my life harder than I was going to in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's sometimes when something tragic happens, I try to have that takeaway of like, okay, well, what positive thing can we take from this mm-hmm. instead of just living in the negativity and the rabbit hole of all your thoughts it's like okay well what can i i do have this time and i do have these abilities and i do have you know all these things like let me do something let me do something positive let me affect people let me make people laugh yeah. that's all you can do <laughs> i was like oh, it's a, whatever transition is gonna happen yeah i don't usually have transitions so how do you so you i know you started doing comedy like really doing comedy about five years ago mm-hmm. and now you produce and host 
shows regularly? Yeah, so I have hosted before, but I really only produce this one Pride show every year. This is the second year. So I produced it last year. I did have a room for a little while at a place called Brouhaha, but learned uh, that the owner of that place was not financially stable. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a really cool spot. They had all these crazy decorations and like old antiques everywhere. It looked awesome. Turns out she spent millions of dollars to decorate the place and was like, I can make this money back selling catfish and grits. No. And $3 beers. Exactly. I mean. <laughs> oh, this place kept close. She like, I was supposed to have a show. I had people from out of town coming and all of a sudden she posts online. To Wednesday is our final day, and like the show's on Thursday. Like, what? What do you mean it's the final day? Thursday, the final day. (laughs) Like, what happened? (laughs) And so I called everybody, like, cancel it. And then all of a sudden, she was just like, oh no, why'd you cancel the show? It was just like, because it's the day after you said you were closing down. Yeah. Like, what do you, am I just supposed to go into the building? <laughs> like, I, I'm not sure what you want me to do. Yeah. So I don't speak to her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited for this year because we had it just at one venue last year, the Memorial Day weekend show. And this year we're going to have six, possibly more venues because now I have businesses reaching out to me wanting to be a part of it. So we'll see. It's It just keeps every day. It seems to just get a little bigger than i thought it was gonna be and it's it's not like it's overwhelming because everything just seems just fall be falling into place pretty well and everyone's been very helpful so like i'm just stoked for this like it's we're gonna have it's gonna be eight shows and possibly more if we add these other venues on too so it's gonna be a wild ride i'm excited yeah no i'm really excited for i'm excited um i haven't done any pride shows um except in new orleans you know always will just they're like it's pride We'll get all the gay comics on the show. Um, we don't really have like a fest, you know, like a, a comedy festival. So I'm really excited to have all the folks from like around the country. You know, I've been on, I'm on the the message chain, which I half participate in because sometimes it's I'm like at work and I'm like, oh my god, there's so many gay gifs happening right now, gifs, gifs. <laughs> I was like, it's a lot of gay right now. I have to go file this motion. I love that chat because it's been going on since before last year's event. So it's just literally been just the queerest conversation for the past year. And I love it so much. It feels like an AOL chat room that I used yes. to go in. You know? <laughs> I just put my away message up <laughs> at work, at the gym. No, I don't go to the gym. <laughs> that's what you know, like you put a message up like that, and it's like you weren't really doing the thing, but no. you like wanted to. That's why I just tried to put my chemical romance lyrics. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like at least they know I probably am listening to them right now. Yeah, well, you had to put the cool lyrics up. You know, yes. you couldn't put like the Goo Goo Dolls lyrics. Like, <laughs> I wish the kids, you know, I wish they like recreated that. Just like right now, you can go play Oregon Trail. You can go type in Oregon Trail. You can go online and play it, so the kids can experience what like we experienced. Yeah. growing up. So like, I wish they like recreated AOL just so the kids could like understand the shit so like i can talk about it again <laughs> i feel like every they would just be like this is just texting but i have to go sit down at a specific computer to do it yeah. and then i would say yes that yes. is what it was <laughs> but you have multiple conversations and everybody's into it yeah do you remember um, when facebook first started uh, yeah i was uh when it i was guess like i was just... on like the second or third class of facebook i guess i don't know but yeah it was back when you could only get facebook if you were in college yes so 
uh, like all of my people, like people I've known for 20 years. I have my friend anniversaries. They're like, it's been 12 years. I'm like, no, no, yeah. it hasn't. But thanks, Facebook. I know. I love uh, it when it's like with my mom. It's like, you've been friends for eight years. Like, <laughs> like, huh? Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I was like, she might see that as a good thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, I remember when it first started and I thought, okay, because it used to be at first it was like you had to be at a four year university mm-hmm. and you had to have your school email and like prove that you were at school yep. in order to get it. Then they open it up to like any like uh, two year, like any kind of like, but you still had to be in school. And I was like, this is never, no one's going to want to do this. This is some elitist fucking bullshit. We're like, <laughs> oh, you have to be at a fucking school to access this. And for whatever reason, and I thought MySpace. So I spent more time blowing up my MySpace and decking that out. And Facebook won. And I don't know Which, how the fuck that happened. I am shocked because yeah. you could customize MySpace. Put music. You, had, you put your music that plays as soon as someone goes to your page. You could have a different background. You had your top eight. And then when people got angry about that, you could switch it to a top 10 yeah. or a top 12 or 18 <laughs> or 20. Or let me just show my entire friends list because everyone's going to be pissed off. I don't understand what happened there. Because Facebook, we only had it because other people had it. And we were like in college and we're like, okay, well, we need Facebook too. But I was still on MySpace more throughout college than I was on Facebook. But now it's just, it's yeah. gone. Because MySpace too. So MySpace, Justin Timberlake invested in it at one point. And I was like, well, Justin Timberlake invested in it. Like, this is just going to be the shit. Like, everyone's going to love this. It's going to win. And in Facebook, the reason I had originally signed up for it was because you could list your classes and you could like see who was in your classes oh, <laughs> and was, yeah. like that was the first like internet stalking i did you know i was like oh but also like if you missed a class you could just hit somebody up for the notes and hope they didn't miss the same class and so like i liked that part of it but i was like i'm never gonna use this beyond like a school thing you know oh yeah and then yeah now it's like my parents are on it you know it's like everybody's everybody's mom is on facebook yeah and Gosh, one thing about MySpace was that (laughs) I remember this happened. It was the first time that I started like, you know, random people from the internet would send you a friend request and they'd know who you were and all that stuff. So it wasn't, you didn't like, I don't know. It was the first time I interacted with people that weren't in my immediate circle, I guess. And one day I was at a bar and singing some music and my friend got into a car accident right outside the bar and so i like rush out there and get her out of the car and like i'm just like can, can someone get me water please and someone goes in the bar gets water comes out hands to me and she's like hey i don't know if you realize this but we're friends on myspace <laughs> <laughs> it's like not anymore <laughs> not the time as well <laughs> not, not proper this was not the moment but thanks for the water but also were they there because you told MySpace you were going to be there? Or did they happen to... Like, you're never going to know. I know. And it makes me feel like she definitely was there because she saw I was going to be there. And, like, that's why she had to be the one to run in and get the water, too. Oh, she, she wanted might've... to save the day, but she she overstepped. I was going to say she, she might have caused the accident, too. <laughs> Very possible. It's like, I know what I need to do yeah. to speak to this man. It's like, if he does, he'll, he's going to need water or something. And I'll just... I'll be there. <laughs> I don't know why I have these because I'm like, everyone's scheming. (laughs) This is what Trump does to us. I'm like, everyone's scheming. There's always a fucking plan. I don't believe anything anybody says. I don't trust them. I blame it on Survivor, personally. (laughs) I watch that show so much. I still watch it. And my brother (laughs) always would tell me when I started like saying, like, oh, this person is definitely out to get me or this or that. Just like, Andrew, you have to stop living your life like you're on Survivor. And it was really good advice. <laughs> like, but but I really I blame Survivor on that whole paranoia culture of everyone's out to get you because it just taught us at like 13 that to get what we want, 
we just kind of tell a little lie here and there and yeah. back people, stab people in the back. Oh, that's how I get a million dollars? Cool. Yeah, you tell this lady that this guy was talking shit. Take care of them. They're against each other. Yeah, it's, yeah, over. it's a little house of cards. <laughs> Let me ask you, because I know, you know, seeing your comedy, you are very out on stage. You are very like, you know, a lot of your comedy is queer related. Is that Was that intentional? Is that something that you really wanted to put out there? Or is that just how the comedy kind of... Um, it was completely intentional for me because I was I'm in such a conservative area. There was no queer comedy at all in Pensacola, and we do have a good queer community, but no one was even touching it at all. And I really wanted to be a voice out there that people could understand, you know, the queer community a little more. Like for me, being in a conservative area, I feel like I'm still learning so much about gay culture every day because I haven't seen a lot of it. And so it's kind of me on my journey, like becoming more of a queer, like letting those experiences out into the audience. And it just kind of at least gives them a little more of an understanding. Like if they're confused about the culture, I'm just like, hey, I'm gay. And sometimes I'm confused. Let me, let's just work it out together, y'all. Yeah. At first, I didn't do a whole lot of my dating life stuff. Like, I was just kind of living down south, being gay, what people say to you type of things. Because I was worried about what people would think about the sexual aspect. So I was so scared to talk about it. Talking about being gay was one thing, but talking about different situations was another because i was like oh people are gonna like be weirded out and then i was like you know what i hear straight white dudes go up there and tell stories about their dick non-stop and everyone's laughing so the stool they'll act it out for you yeah if you didn't understand the words coming out of their <laughs> mouth so it's like why can't we exactly so i was just like you know what i am going to just put it out there if it sticks it sticks if it doesn't it doesn't and it's worked out <laughs> and yeah it's like if the jokes don't do well you know you'll know over time after trying to work them out something I start doing I start writing them and then whatever the topic is whether it's queer or not works out great or it doesn't like yeah. it just but you can't hold back yeah I would say traveling has taught me that some of my jokes I wrote gay jokes for straight people <laughs> like they're like I did a lesbian brewery not too long ago I didn't know those exist you yeah. guys have your own breweries by the way in Jacksonville and I started out and I was like oh my gosh they hate me and I realized like wait a minute no I guess this joke really is only funny to this conservative straight crowd that I've been playing to. And I didn't even realize it until that moment. I was like, oh my gosh, am I making fun of gay people right now? So I, that helped me. Like, I was just like, okay, let me edit and see what it is that like was turning people off compared to other, the other audience I'd been used to. So it's, it's been interesting traveling just cause now I've been in markets that are not 100% conservative you know like I've been trying to open you know this conservative audience up to gay culture and going to other places that have like a larger gay community or liberal community I'm like oh okay they already know this shit don't they <laughs> <laughs> I know it's always about knowing your audience. If you're not doing queer material, you still got to like know your audience and what you're going for. But I did not realize how different my community actually is from other ones that that was really an eye opener when I was, I mean, now I look back on it, it's a pretty stupid joke about mother nature being trans, but like, and that's why global warming is existing. But like, dang, that went over terribly in this lesbian brewery. And I was like, oh. 
I didn't notice this so much with yours, but I think you have a few words. A lot of ours are just explaining things to straight people. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just what we do. Like, I have a joke where it's like, this is the perfect haircut for eating pussy, and here's why. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, and the lesbians are like, yeah, no, we know. <laughs> like, we don't need you to explain why we all have the asymmetrical haircut. Like, we got it, you know? So it's this interesting, like, a lot of our things are kind of this explanation, but it's also, I do think a lot of queer comics, and I'm not speaking for everybody, but there is this kind of goal of, like, we are not threatening. Like, we're just people. Mm-hmm. you know treat us that way and if you see us and you laugh at our jokes and you relate to us and you know I don't know if you've had anyone come up to you afterwards but I've you know had people come up and they're just like I'm a dude and I'm married and I'm you know but like you you were funny like I'm not you're like women I'm totally straight I've never been gay a day in my life but I really laughed at your jokes <laughs> you could just say you enjoyed the set I had someone come up to me and say just want you to know you didn't see me laughing but that's because I did not want my girlfriend to see that I was laughing <laughs> like what? <laughs> what does that mean? Just like, like just, but I was cracking up in my head, man. That was great. <laughs> I was like, okay, thanks. Like, he laughs. See if he laughs at a gay joke. Does she now think he's, he's gay? Or like, he thinks she'll think he's gay? like what? That's maybe. where I'm like, I don't understand this. But you also, he still had the need to come up to you. Yeah. You know? He still, even after holding it in the whole set, he still couldn't hold in coming up to you to let you know that this yeah. is the experience he had mm-hmm. and he probably it's probably the first time he's ever approached a gay man in any sense probably <laughs> i don't know does this happen to you a lot of older women come up to me and ask me if i'm actually gay after my set really i just like no one's i mean no one's challenged me on that i was shocked i just i was like i thought she was joking at first yeah and just like oh i just know that people like to act gay sometimes just like my entire set was about living as a gay man in the south and you think i'm not a- i guess you'd be faking it to play this gay character yeah. to make it big in pensacola at a I local comedy so show I was like oh i know how to do this <laughs> no no sweetheart i'm so sorry I, I actually had to ask my friend who when that lady left like did she actually just ask that is that yeah. what she was asking so you just said like no i'm actually gay and yeah she was like okay or and she was, was she like, like oh what? you're still you're still in character i really feel like that's kind of how she kept acting afterward like she really thought that i was just keeping it like oh no 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 this is my secret yeah. identity as a straight man named Derek, I was odd. Well, I'm happy to know that I'm still the only person who's been asked that. Yeah, that's you gotta write it. If you don't have a joke about that already, <laughs> you should write one because that is such do. a funny. Yeah, nobody's ever like challenged my queerness, <laughs> and I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I was I was just taken aback. And that's the kind of thing where like I'm sure later you're like I should have, but it's like in the moment you're like, is this lady fucking serious? Because you can't. I mean, yeah, I guess you could just walk away. I just can't. Though. Yeah, I'm I'm very bad at walking away. <laughs> I'm I'm really good at uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Keep talking until you're done. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Nice to see you. <laughs> you didn't spend enough time in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This has been so much fun. I'm so glad we got a chance to talk. And then can you let people know where to find you and then um, how they can also find uh, the Pensacola Pride uh, show information? Absolutely. So on Instagram, which is going to be at Instadrooch, which let me spell it. Insta, as you know, D-R-O-O-C-H. It's my nickname from when I was little. It was Droochie, Drooch. I, I don't. 
And just stuck. I am always in Pensacola. Every Friday, Back Porch Comedy, almost every Friday. The official name of our Memorial Day weekend festival is the Pensacola Pre-Pride Comedy Fest. It will be May 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of 2020. You can find me on Facebook, and I will be posting links all over the place to either donate to the cause to help pay everybody, which it's going to happen no matter what, but... We could use some money. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can get tickets also uh, from Eventbrite. You can go to visitpensacola.com and go to the event section and you will find the Pensacola Pre-Pride Comedy Fest. And it'll have links to where you can buy tickets as well. And you guys really should come out. We have people from all over the country coming for this. And I am just shocked by the submissions. It's a solid lineup for sure. And I'm, I'm excited to do that. And I'll see you tonight. And hopefully between then and May, we'll see each other uh, i'll be back here i i'm thinking like always lounge might get sick of me one day <laughs> like, that after i did that first time that first show i've been back at least four other times now so i'm just like it's just so fun it's such a welcoming community yeah love it any shows that are there they're fabulous if you come to new orleans always lounge and cabaret check it out check andrew ferrara out check out pensacola pride and come hang out with us and thank you thank you so much for having me yeah Thank you to Andrew for sharing his world with you. Special thank you to Ryan Golub and Jessica Fallon for your help editing and producing the podcast. If you like us, you want to connect with us, I know right now we're all feeling disconnected. Let's connect. We got a lot of social media on Twitter, Queer to My Heart, on Instagram and Facebook, Near and Queer to My Heart. Give us a shout. Send us some love. Write us a nice review. We love to read them, and we do read them all, and we appreciate every single one we appreciate y'all for listening and letting queer performers share their lives thank you so much you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volur xc For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.